This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Many of you may have heard that Lauren's parents, Sherry and Michael Smith, made a very tough decision this week to drop the lawsuit regarding Lauren's case. On September 25, 2018, Sherry Smith posted, Michael and I have an announcement. In the society in which we live, there are many decisions that have to be made. It is imperative we always try to make the right ones. These decisions, however hard they are, we derive from our moral character and our own personal beliefs. In 2015, our family suffered a great loss of our beautiful and beloved child, Lauren. We chose to try to find out more details on how and why she died. We used the only means we had in order to do this, which was the legal system. What we were met with was extreme opposition from the folks around Lauren when she died, as well as law enforcement and the court system. For three years, all we asked for was the truth. Michael and I still believe in the greater good. We have other contributions to give, charities to assist, families to help, and fur babies to save. We want the world to know we have forgiveness in our hearts and we have hereby chosen to drop the wrongful death lawsuit. Lauren Taylor Agee was a gift to the world, however short her life was, and her memory will live on through all the folks whose lives she touched along the way. Taken from one of Lauren's favorite quotes on the plaque in her room, quote, For you only see the end. It is between you and God. It was never between you and them anyway. End of quote. Mother Teresa. John Tipton, a private investigator out of Texas, wrote me, Lauren Agee nor her family asked for this tragedy to happen. They especially did not ask for our legal system to forsake them. We have an opportunity, no, a responsibility to raise awareness and hopefully prevent something like this from happening again in the future. Sherry and Michael did what they needed to do to find peace, but my work to find justice for a family like theirs isn't over yet. This podcast will continue, as will my mission to close this case. Thank you to everyone who has subscribed to this podcast, followed our social media pages, and joined our Patreon page. Lauren's story needs to be shared, and we could not have done it without all of you. Please continue to share her story as we work to find new witnesses and evidence in order to close the case once and for all and bring proper justice to Lauren Agee and her beloved family. The Lauren Agee case was hastily closed by authorities, but many questions remain. Come behind the curtain with private investigator Sheila Waisaki as she uncovers the truth about what happened to Lauren. This is Without Warning. On last week's episode, you heard two interviews with Hannah Palmer. The first was her talking with Chris Yarchuk, the off-duty police officer at Wakefest, moments after Lauren's lifeless body was found. During this interview, 
She told Chris a few things that didn't add up. The most confusing part was whether Lauren went back with them to the campsite on the canoe or if Lauren got on a houseboat because she thought Hannah and friends left without her. You also heard the beginning of my interview with her when we surprised her at her home in Florida. If you recall, during this interview, a strange guy kept walking in and out of the room and Hannah's phone kept ringing with people telling her to stop talking to us making her uncomfortable and flustered. Let's jump right back into the interview with her. Okay, so the only thing is, uh, at the time the police came, and did you guys go up with the police to the campsite Um, afterwards? Afterwards. After. They let us go get our stuff, but they went up there and then they let us come up and get our stuff. Were they there while y'all were getting your stuff? Yeah, the whole time. And then, um, again, I just need to verify, um, did y'all have a fire going at that time? Did you guys... A fire? No. Let me guess, you heard we burned down the campsite? Yeah. Yeah, that's a rumor. I, so. That's why I'm asking. Yeah, I know. Like I said... That's my favorite rumor. Of we want to close this case. Um, it's not going to close if people don't cooperate. It's just not. So, So. but again, whatever you need to do, I do wonder what happened to her clothes though. Do you know what happened to her stuff? Um, no, you don't. I get, I figured the police Police took them and and if she never, if they never got to her family, I don't know if they still have them or. Okay. Did you see them up there with like brown paper bags or what did the police officers, did they have I'm going to be honest, I, I couldn't tell you because yeah. they were out there before us. So Right. You would have probably seen them coming down, though. Yeah, so. but I was also hysterical. Yeah, So yeah, it's yeah. like, I don't want to say no or yeah. yes. Okay. I don't know for sure what, okay. what they did. And who was the, the people that went back up with the police officers? It was you? Me, Aaron, and I can't confirm whether Chris went up there or not, but I know me and Aaron did. Okay. Uh, I'm assuming he did because he had to get his stuff too, but I don't know for sure. Now, did you guys all know each other? Um, Aaron knew Chris prior um, a little bit. I don't know how close they were, but he knew him prior. Mm -hmm. Me and Lauren met Chris that weekend. Okay, so you did. So basically, y'all didn't know. We didn't know his name until we got up there. Yeah, and. Again, I don't know if this is urban legend or not, but did they have any sexual relations? Um, no. they. I know they slept in the same hammock, but mm-hmm. as far as I know, they never, right. you know, did it. I don't know how like else that. to ask that. Okay. I, I asked them both because mm-hmm. they slept together the night prior. They both said no, so okay. I'm assuming no. Um, she also had a boyfriend at the time. I mean, I know that sounds terrible that she was sleeping in a hammock with someone else, but no. I don't think she would have gone that far, you know? No. So one of the questions I asked Hannah was whether or not Lauren and Chris had sex. If you recall, Chris told Ryan Melanson on the boat that dreadful day that they did have sex. So who's telling the truth, Hannah or Chris Doubt? It was her current boyfriend. His name is Chase. Was he there that weekend? No. He wasn't there? Okay. And then um, the houseboat, where would she have gone on a houseboat? Whose houseboat would she have gone to? I, I wouldn't have known a name. Okay. Um, there were tons. There were tons of people. She talked to tons of people. She's probably the most outgoing person I'd ever met. Um, 
I don't know. So when when you guys didn't find her and y'all just went to Wake Fest, is that what happened? Well, when Evan told me, because everybody's like, you know, don't worry, you know, Lauren's the kind that's make friends with anyone. And right. She could be with her ex or this or that. So I'm like, okay, I'll try to keep calm. And they were like, let's just go to Wake Fest. Um, she knew what boat we were on. She knew who we were with. I was like, she'll eventually make it to us. Um, you know, every boat that went by or like when we swam, cause you can't, I didn't swim the whole thing. I don't like fish, so I don't really, I'm not much of a swimmer. I mean, I did a little bit, but, um, I searched as much as I could without having to go to every single boat and, you know, um, I figured she would find us. She knew mm-hmm. what boat we were on. She knew who I was with. She knew. That campsite that I saw, it was very, very small, that area, that, this mm-hmm. area. <laughs> Yeah, would you have heard if there was anything going on? I tell myself 100%, but um, yeah, I mean, and we had Virginia up there. If something had happened, that's our dog. Sorry, oh, (laughs) yeah, our dog was also up there. And I thought, you know, if something you know had been going on, she definitely would have barked or you know, at least woken up and tried to figure out what was going on. And so, if the from what I understand, the other guys, if they had come back up, she would have barked then the ones I would, that... I would think so, yeah. She barked okay. at almost everybody, so... Okay. Is there anything that... Oh, the last time you saw her alive was what time? When we went to bed at like 3, 4 in the morning. 3, 4, okay. time we finally fell asleep. And then the... Um, I'm sorry. Were you guys together the entire night before 3 a.m.? Not, I mean, we separated. I mean, we were in the same group, but right. no, no, we weren't together the whole time. I mean, okay. there were plenty of times. So, we like, you together. would be at the bar and she would be elsewhere. She'd vice be out versa. smoking or talking to somebody, or I. But you were always in the, the same vicinity. We were always at the marina. Okay, at the marina. Yeah. Okay. Like we were the parking lot, the marina, and like the boats and stuff. We we didn't leave that area. Okay, until three when you got On to go back. To go back. Okay. And then, so you only stayed up for about 20 minutes, and then that was it. That was it, yeah. And then it was the last time. Was she asleep the last time? She, she was asleep when I last saw her, but um, I'd been drinking heavily, so I never woke back up and checked on her to see if she was still there. And once I was asleep, I was asleep, so. And was Chris awake or asleep? He was asleep. His eyes were closed. I'm yeah. assuming asleep. Mm-hmm. So what do you think happened? You know, the easiest, well, the easiest way for me to cope with everything is to tell myself she would just pee and just slip because it was easy to do. Um, you know, I think of a hundred different things um, that could have happened. Um, but once I found out, you know, that she had fallen down the rocks and that she had air still in her enough to slip to the bottom, and that's apparently why I couldn't find her, like, you know, floating on water at the time. Um, I tell myself she just had to have been peeing and slipped because I just, if if there were any kind of tussle or anything like that, um, I don't think it would have been left the way it had been. It's plain and simple. Like, I just don't. What left? The campsite? What do you mean? Like, okay, for instance, if somebody had came up there and she got in a fight with somebody, or I know people have skepticisms, I'm not sure if that's the word, a Chris, if that had happened, I don't think it would have been left the way it was. Like, just her had fallen and left there, you know, to be found like that. Um, I, what did he say in the morning? Did he say anything? 
he had been drunk, he passed out. And a matter of fact, when we um, had been coming to get back on the canoe to go up, he had been passed out in a chair on a houseboat. We had to physically wake him up and pretty much drag him up to the cliff to go to sleep. Mm-hmm. Um, so he was gone. That's he nice. was asleep. He wasn't, I mean, I, I didn't know him well, but he was gone. He had no way of without me hearing, you know? Mm-hmm. So when people ask me, do you think he could have done it? No. I think I don't think he's physically capable. I'm not saying I know him as a person, but I don't think he would have been physically capable without me hearing. Mm-hmm. But is it an option that maybe you wouldn't have, because everybody's so inebriated, is it that they could have left camp? Do you think that that's a possibility without I mean, there's you There's so many possibilities. I mean, yeah. You know, I, I literally, I've thought of so many things, just the craziest things. But no, I don't think she would have, they didn't know each other. She just wanted someone to sleep next to. They, I mean, they, they were friend. they were fine. They communicated, but like not enough to want to go out and hang out together. You know, she wouldn't have left. They wouldn't have left together. Like he was passed out. He was not going anywhere. And as far as I knew, she was just, she was drunk herself. So. So in the, the P area, so this, so if you, you said there was a ledge. So tell me about the ledge. Really all I remember about this ledge is that to get to the other side where no one could see, there was this tree that was like literally on the ledge and you would have to grab the tree and step around it like over the cliff and mm-hmm. rocks. And that's where the pee area was. Mm-hmm. And I guess the reason I thought that that was what had happened was because they said that they had found her across and that it was almost like she was trying to come down or trying to leave, like to get on the canoe or she was trying to go to the restroom. Cause I said, well, that's where we use the restroom. Mm-hmm. So. And you showed the police that, that yeah, night, the yeah, DeKalb talk, County. Yeah. I've talk, we've I've communicated with them mm-hmm. several times. And so one of the, the, I guess, again, urban legend or theories is that she fell off at that one. Could that have been possible? I mean, like I said, anything's possible, but I think I'm, 100% sure I would have heard it that close because our camp, our tent was like, like it's right where small. this is cut off. It, is small. it was right where it was cut off. I mean, I just don't find it likely I wouldn't have heard. I mean, I was drunk, but I wasn't blackout drunk, you know? But if she fell, was, wouldn't she, wouldn't she have screamed or yeah, something? Yeah, that's exactly. Okay. I mean, I'm not saying I would have heard the water splash or something, right, but right. I, she would have definitely made a noise. She would have tried to grab something. I would have heard rocks or something like mostly her screaming. She was a very vocal woman. And I, and I'm absolutely certain if she were in distress that she would have been screaming. So you're saying it more sounds like she slid down this area where you walk up. Not this area. I don't and think this, this is on the front. This is on the back. Right. And I, I'm so this pretty be- sure it was in the back. Like, I don't see how I would not have heard it on the front. Um, And as far as I was told, she was found, like, right across on the other side. So I don't know. That would have been a long, long drag or current or whatever. Did you not? I thought you identified her. Okay, wouldn't let me. Oh, well, actually, that's a good thing. Yeah. Um, I think once they knew. Who she was. Once I described what she was wearing and who she was, that they knew it was her and they didn't want me to see it. And 
you know, I'm thankful for that now, I guess. But, but I was kicking and screaming about it then, so. So they had you in a back room at the, the store? Is that what happened? Mm-hmm. And then they came and told you? What ha- I mean, how were you I'm told- sitting back there with what I thought was the owners. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure who came and got us, but eventually I ended up on a pontoon boat going over to... <laughs> It's like another area over, like it would have been like over here, and it was like had a drive, like a driveway or a road. Mm-hmm. They had us over there for okay. statements and questioning, and you know to keep us all together. I guess I don't know. Um, and then once they got done up there, and we did all our statements and stuff, then they let us go up there and gather our stuff. And and did you guys make the statement that night of what happened, or did they take a recorded statement? How did they know well, what they happened? Took, they took a paper statement, and I'm assuming they recorded everything we were saying, too. I mean, I just thought that was protocol. But, um, yeah, they, they took a paper statement. Like, as soon as I went from the pontoon straight over, I was doing statements. Okay. And was it Jeremy Taylor who took the statement? The, Jeremy Taylor's the one I've communicated with the most. I would, I think, that he was night. the main one. Was he there that night? Yeah. I'm sh- you don't remember? Or do I'm you? not 100% sure. I'm just assuming he's the one I've dealt with this whole time, so I'm assuming he was the main person and he would have been there. Okay. But it's assumption. Okay. In an investigation, when there are witnesses involved, you generally separate all the witnesses so they are not influenced by one another. You want the statement to come from their perspective, not overhearing someone and changing their story. Once DeKalb County took over, they did not separate the campers. They kept them together. They kept them together so much that Jeremy Taylor stated earlier in an episode that he was in the car with them discussing the case. They also did not record the conversation when they were in the car, nor did they write it down. It gave the campers plenty of time to compare notes. So you guys gave the statement that night, and then you haven't heard anything? Is that what you're, is, you said you're glad somebody finally came and talked to you? Oh, just, I mean, I I know that you're a friend of Sherry's. Um, I'm not a friend of Sherry's. Oh, you're not? Anymore. Okay, I, I assumed you were. No. I'm not um, a friend of anybody's. Okay. No. Um, no. Nobody from, well, her father, Brian A.G., communicated with right. me for a while. I mean, I was his second child, you know, so, mm-hmm. um, but nobody that I thought was connected to them has tried to reach out to me personally. Okay. Nobody. I've spoke with DeKalb County, and that's it. Now. And Brian. Now, who set up the camp? Do you know? I uh, have no idea. Me and, when me and Lauren got there, everything was already done. Okay. So. So you don't, who owned all the equipment and stuff? It was all of us. So. A little bit of all of us. Okay. Um, and from what I understand, people have camped there for a while, correct? People had camped there prior to us. Yeah. A lot of different people. Um, and nobody ever said, bad idea, don't go up there. I mean, it looked like a bad idea, but nobody ever told us it was a bad idea, you know? Yeah, it's a bad idea. It's a Even very... at the marina, nobody said anything. Mm. Not to me or Lauren. Okay. I know I keep beating this up, but the guys that uh, were suspicious, that's the word that was used a couple of nights up there. 
they were drinking out of your y'all's stuff. Do you know who that was? Was this at night? I don't know. I just, it it said that some guys were up there when y'all went up there. The prior, the prior, okay, let me think. Saturday. Um, There were people that would just, we came back from Wakefest that day and there had been people up there. And we knew of a couple of them, like Mm -hmm. they're from the same area and they heard we were up there. So I guess they wanted to come up there and like, yeah, they're not the most, I mean, I don't know them. I don't know them enough, but right. maybe they look sketchy to people. Okay. And it was kind of weird that they were up on our campsite when no one was there, but it's public property. I mean, it's not my property, you mm-hmm. know? So they ended up jumping off the cliff a little bit. Um, Lauren jumped. A bunch of people jumped off the cliff. That, that night or that day? That day. Okay. So what day was that? that they Saturday. Saturday. When were the Harper brothers there? Oh, that was Sunday morning after okay. we woke up. When she was missing. So when did they get up there? Um, they, gosh, I don't, I don't know exactly how long, but shortly after we woke up that morning, they had swam from the pier just to jump off the cliff. They jumped off of it a couple times and left. They weren't looking for Lauren or anything? No. I mean, nobody thought anything of it at the time we had just woken up, you know, so only I was the only one that felt uneasy about it. Mm -hmm. Everybody else was like, you know, it's Lauren. That's how she, she just... She'd left me numerous times at parties. You know, I'm surprised I even felt, you know, sometimes you just get those gut feelings, and I just did. Mm -hmm. But it wasn't unlike her to do her own thing and wander off at all. Okay, so this area right here, that's a pretty big drop, isn't it? Yeah. Okay. And I know that's 90 foot. Is it 90 foot? On this side. Okay. I thought it was like 75, so that's more than I even thought. I wouldn't jump off of it, so I was right not to. I may be wrong on that number, but so she jumped off of it. Saturday. And just because everybody else was? I guess. I I mean, I didn't, so I guess not everybody was, Mm -hmm. but which was, it was surprising of her. She didn't like heights, so it was surprising that she did it in the first place. But, yeah, she did. And nobody from the marina said, don't do this? This is a bad idea? Not to me. To anybody up there? Nobody? Not as far as I know, no. Okay. Um, And the police officer that was, what did you call him, the bar cop? So he, did he say anything to you guys about, you know, be careful up there? Oh, not, not. I don't know if he knew exactly we were staying up there until after everything happened. Everything happened. Um, he knew we'd been drinking, so he told us, you know, be careful. But mm-hmm. he, I don't think he knew we were, uh, he might have, I don't know. No, he didn't tell us to be careful. I don't think he knew we were even up there. Okay. And <laughs> I think it was uh, Aaron's statement saying that y'all took the keys away because she wanted to leave. She wanted to drive and she had been drinking and I don't know how, I, di- I didn't remember it being like a huge ordeal, um, but I know she made a statement about wanting to go be with her boyfriend and she wanted to drive. And, you know, that was just Lauren being drunk and she, she's drank and drove before and I've always been against it, so I wouldn't let her. Mm-hmm. And so she you know, sometimes to... I wish I had now, but. Mm-hmm. So she wanted to leave the whole area and get in her car and leave. She wanted to drive drunk to go see her boyfriend see two Chase. hours away. Chase, Chase right. not Clint. Okay. Um, 
But the whole reason she went to Wakefest was to, to see Clint. Clint. Yeah, I had text somewhere, you know, saying that she wanted to see Clint. Okay. And that's why she went. Okay. Yeah. But then she, nothing happened. She wanted to go home. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I mean, she she didn't. Right. She listened to us by not going. Mm-hmm. So I guess she didn't want to go that bad because if she really did, she would have. Like, there would have been no stopping her, trust me. But she didn't go, so. Okay. Evan Shelton, I we got interrupted. He is who? He's a friend of who's? He he is a, a he's in the friend group of when Lauren and Clint dated. Okay. Um, I believe they're cousins or second cousins. Clint and Evan okay. are cousins, second cousins, something. But he's just always been a friend of ours in the friend group. And he was with her at the bar. Yeah, they spent a lot of time together the night prior. Saturday night or Friday night. No. Saturday night. Saturday night. Yeah. Sunday. Yeah, Saturday night. Okay. So if, again, I'm going to bring up a statement. If Samantha Arnold said that she didn't know Chris and, you know, was suspicious of him, is that something you're, you would think or? I mean, I know she didn't know Chris. I didn't, I don't know if she was suspicious of him or not. I mean, I'm sure she felt weird about it because, I mean, she's Lauren's friend just like I was and we didn't know him. But um, she had no reason to not necessarily like him. He didn't do anything to her. They hard, I don't even know if they actually talked. So I don't know. And who called Fox 17? Fox, Fox 17 did a story on it. Did you I ever see it? Um, yeah. That, Samantha was on it, I believe. I saw that. And I was there when she was on it. Right. Um, I was at the house. Um, I didn't want to be put on TV, obviously, at the time. But um, I don't know who called. I, they, I know they reached out to her, but I don't know who asked to put the story on the mm-hmm. air. Yeah, just wondering. Uh, I, I figured it was probably Sherry and Michael and them. But I, I don't know. I don't know if they will. I know Michael does work with Fox News mm-hmm. of some sort. So I just figured it was him, but I didn't know for sure. One last thing. Um, there was a Facebook message on the night that Lauren died at 1 o'clock in the morning from Aaron. Yeah. Aaron was charging his phone on houseboats. Me and Lauren never charged our phones. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know exactly what it said. It was probably something along the lines of her coming up, holler when she wanted to come back up or something, you know? Mm -hmm. I don't know. Do you know exactly what it said? No, I don't have it. Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, I wouldn't put it. I'm not 100% sure. You could ask him. I think he just showed up. Oh, okay. But um, I'm not 100% sure, but I know he had been charging his phone on houseboats. Is there (laughs) anything that... I mean, is there anything that we missed that you think we ought to know? Um, Any people that we need to talk to? I think you should talk to Clint. I think, yeah. And what's his last name? Martin. Okay. And he's her ex-boyfriend from... Before Chase. Before Before Chase. Chase. But she still stayed in contact with him as far as I know. Right, and they were on and off for three years. Yeah, they dated for like three years. Okay. At this moment, Aaron Lilly stormed in and went right past us, not saying a word to us or Hannah, but straight to the strange little guy in the kitchen and asked, how's work? Hannah gave Aaron a look when he walked in, biting her lip and waiting for him to walk out of earshot. 
Oh, that's okay. You know what? It's okay. Again, we're just trying to close it. No, I know. That's what I'd like to do for that's everybody's right. sake. I just, you know, if there's answers to be found, I want answers to be found. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. Are you still in contact with all of those people? Like, Wait, we're with us? Yeah. Um, for the most part. Yeah. yeah. Everybody's still friendly. Yeah. No, no bad nobody's blood like, between anybody. Yeah, yeah, nobody's, like, distanced themselves. Yeah, or... no. No, everybody's all right with each other. Yeah. All right. So there's nothing else that you think we need to look into or talk to or. The only person that I thought needed to be spoken with probably would have been Clint. But other than that, I mean, I didn't or his girlfriend, Callie. The interview ends here as Aaron came into the room with the guy to talk to us. Neither of them wanted to be recorded telling us they didn't see why it was necessary. When Aaron sat down, he asked if the car out front was ours. He was surprised that it wasn't dirty. We were a little confused and asked why. His answer was the inside of a woman's car is always dirty. Hmm, why was he looking in the car? After an awkward laugh from Hannah in silence, he asked how we knew they lived there and then immediately asked if we were done here. Then he continued to ask questions, asking us who we were with. When I told him we were here to try to close the case, he said he's talked to Detective Taylor numerous times since the incident and since he's moved to Florida. Aaron said he doesn't know why they need to talk because as far as what he knows and what Jeremy Taylor told him, nothing has changed and that they all agreed to do a polygraph test, but Jeremy Taylor told them that after a month or so not to do it. Hannah interrupts during this saying, they only want answers, and if they need answers, I'm going to be honest. There is so much to uncover and investigate just through this interview. Why did Jeremy Taylor tell them not to take a polygraph? Who was that strange guy in the background the whole time? If nothing had changed, why was Aaron so against talking with us? During the days following Lauren's death, many friends, family, and loved ones gathered at Sherry and Mike Smith's house. Lexi, a good friend of Lauren's, was at their house, along with Samantha Arnold and others, when Hannah decided to show up. This is Lexi's account of what happened that day. And then when Hannah came in the door is when I looked at Sam's face, and she looked like she about shit a brick. She was like, oh. And I was like, okay. And Hannah comes in the door and starts making a big deal of everything. I wish it was me. I mean, just making a fool. Yeah, just making a total fool of herself. How many people? Thirty. Yeah, I'd say about between thirty and forty people. Wouldn't you? Easy. And everybody heard it. Yeah, everybody heard it. I mean, she was doing it loud too. It it's, should have been me. Yeah, it like. Should have been me screaming. Yeah, it like loud. And like there, there was. It's not like she was saying like, you know, I wish it would have been me, like talking to somebody. She was screaming, wanting it to be known that she was here. Like she wasn't doing. She was doing it for it purely the soul of attention and to make herself look innocent. Is what she was trying. She was trying to take the heat off her. Is what she was trying to do. And so me and her are going into the bathroom, and her and, and Samantha. It was weird. Before I went in there, Samantha gets up and just disappears. 
And one of my friends, Baker, looks at me and was like, why is she following Hannah into a bathroom? Because we heard Hannah go in there and cry and slam the door. And I was like, well, if you're going to come in here and make a fool of yourself, don't go in there hiding. And so Sam gets up and goes into the bathroom and shuts the door. And as soon as I just hear them in there whispering, and we, we can all hear them out here cackling. Like, we're all sitting right there. We can hear them in there. And Sherry even had, like, there were other adults here, like parents. They were, we were just sitting, they were sitting around right here. And the kids were kind of sitting in there. Well, when we hear it, I'm like, you know what, y'all, like, I'm just, I'm done. I said, if Sam's going to sit here and be a shady bitch, I'm going into that bathroom. Like, it's just, it's not okay. And so I went in there, and Hannah's looking at me, and I said, Sam, you need to leave. And she was like, why? Like, she was just staring at me while I was trying to talk to Hannah. So I kept telling her to leave. She finally leaves, and it's just me and Hannah in the bathroom. And I looked at her, and I was like, you need to tell me what's going on. You need to tell me right now. I was like, because it's, I mean, I, I threatened her, which I probably shouldn't have done, but I did it. And I said, you need to, you know, I, w- I want to know. Because I know you're lying. I know Sam's lying. I know you're all lying. And I said, you know, it's not fair. If this was one of, you know, if this was your parents in this situation, it wouldn't be going down this way. It would be, I, I would hope that your so-called friends would come around and help out. And she said, I've told everyone everything I know. And so I, I kept asking her and asking her and asking her. She, was, she looked at me until she was blue in the face and said, I don't know anything. And blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, Hannah, how can you sit here and lie? And be so, like, she's a very, that's what her and Aaron are. They're the most manipulative people I've ever met in my entire life. And she just wouldn't tell me. No matter how much I got in her face, no matter how much I kept trying to be like, like, tell me something. Give me something. She just wouldn't do it. And I'll never forget the look in her face because she stopped crying for a minute and looked at me and almost got mad. She was like, I don't know anything. I was like, I said, you know what, Hannah, I don't want anything to do with you. And I said, you need to leave. I was like, if there, if you know what's good for you, you'll leave this house. And she was like, well, I just wanted to come in here and make amends. I said, you don't need to make amends with nobody. I said, what you need to do is get the hell out and keep your mouth shut. And that's the last thing I said to her, last, thing, last time I saw her or anything. But... Remember her saying, it's my story. I'm oh, yeah. Well, her and Sam both repeated that. It's my story. I'm sticking to it. Like, I don't, you know, I, I know what I, I know what was said and I know what happened. Y'all weren't there, blah, blah, blah. I mean, I, I feel like that was almost there. This is Jess Betancourt, the host of DNA ID, the only true crime podcast that exclusively covers cases solved using forensic genealogy. DNA ID goes behind the headlines to answer your questions about this remarkable new crime-solving tool, how it works, how cases are selected, why the cases were unsolved for so long, and how the justice system is addressing it. I include input from law enforcement to give you the inside scoop that we all crave with a straightforward, no-nonsense delivery. You can find DNA ID on any podcast platform. Episodes come out weekly on Mondays. Their trademark of this whole situation is it's it's my story and I'm sticking to it. Lauren's family gives their full permission for any and all details to be shared in hope that the truth will come out. If you know anything at all, call 1-888-599-0008 or email tips at SheilaWysocki.com. Next time on Without Warning. Before they moved or right after they moved, you know, that's when she called me and we talked for probably an hour. That's when she was like, you know, I'll come back, you know, we, you know, don't better not marry nobody, you know, because I will be back and all this stuff. And then all of a sudden they're engaged and married and now they got a kid. So it's like, that's weird. Without Warning, host executive director and executive producer, Sheila Waisaki. Producers, Kitty Zitzman and Aaron Parker. Editors, Katie Zitzman and Aaron Parker. Mixing and mastering by Resonate Recordings. Narrator, Tim Evans. Thank you for listening to Without Warning. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast and leave us a quick review to help others discover it too. 
If you or someone you know knows something about this case or the people involved, you can submit tips by emailing tips at shilawaisaki.com.